Hello, this is Testimony Talk. My name is Jalen, also known as Dr. J, and welcome to another episode of this amazing podcast. Now, let me tell y'all about the foundation scripture of this podcast. The foundational scripture of this podcast is Revelations 12, 11. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And this podcast, the main goal is to share your story. Um, you all have the, We all have the same story. God saved me from this. God's impacted our lives in various ways, and I just want to share it with other people. So give me a few minutes, and I will bring on the guest for today. And today's guest is a good friend of mine by the name of Dion. I call her Sister Dion. Say hello to the audience, Sister Dion. Hello, everyone. How are you today? And hello, Dr. J. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I understand you've been on quite the journey not just with your relationship with God, but also with a journey towards healing. Do you mind telling me about that? Yes, I'll tell you a little bit of my story. Um, I moved from Louisiana in the early 2000s, and when I came, I came from Louisiana, didn't grow up in church, didn't know God or anything like that. I grew up in a lot of superstition, believe in the horoscopes and whatnot, et cetera. So I moved to Memphis, Tennessee. I was a wild child in Louisiana. So I moved <laughs> so I moved to Memphis, Tennessee because I got into an argument with, with my parents and they felt it was best I go away. So I moved to Memphis. A friend of mine was here, so I came to visit her and I ended up staying. So I was um started having some medical issues. I wasn't able to eat a few weeks after I got here. So it started with not being able to eat or drink anything. So this went on for weeks. Then for from weeks it went to months to where it would go two weeks without being able to hold anything down, being able to drink and stay down or anything like that. And so I was working at a job and I had a coworker who started caring for me at my house. and. Um, we went on this journey, and at one point I was on 22 pills a day to try to fix whatever was going on uh, with my stomach and my digestive tract. And from that, we went to 25 pills a day. And so, so from that, um, still didn't really have a relationship with God, knew it was there, but thought it was, knew God was there, but thought it was a far away distance, thought it was a, a book of history, didn't really think it was relevant to this time, you know. So what I did was I um, started looking for doctors for my symptoms. So at the time I had this illness, it did not have a name. It did not have a name at this time. And so the only doctors that were able to treat what I had going on, it was five total all around the world. The closest one to me was in St. Louis. The next one would have been Paris, France, I think it was. So anyway, so my coworker and I, we drive to um, St. Louis to a Jewish hospital, and I was diagnosed there. The doctor told me what it was, um, what the condition was, and he also told me how we would fix it. So needless to say, I had already been on a lot of journeys before, so I was tired at this point. So what I did was, this doctor told me, he said, um, this is called gastroparesis. So before that, I was dealing with this, it ended up being a few years, maybe two or three years, that I was dealing with this condition before I got to St. Louis and it had a name. So gastroparesis was the name of this stomach condition. 
where your stomach muscles are paralyzed. So anyway, the end result of that was he said, I would have to have a pacemaker um, planted in my stomach permanently, as well as 200 Botox shots in my stomach a month. So I'm living and working in Memphis, so I would have to drive to St. Louis to get these shots every month. So um, I looked at him and I said, absolutely not. So he basically told me, where if you're going back home to Memphis, you're gonna die with this. There's no way you can live with this. So we got in the car and um, I called her my Memphis mom and she brought me back to Memphis and I think a week went by and I was in so much pain. I was in the middle of my floor, I had a pillow on my stomach and I had a, a, a trash bag. I remember it was a brown Kroger bag. Uh, felt like I had to, you know, I, I always kept a bag with me because I didn't know if my food was going to come back up. So I was laying in the middle of the floor. I'll never forget I was downtown on the sixth floor in my condo. And I was in so much pain. It, I've never experienced anything like that. And I looked up. I was laying on my side. I looked up at my ceiling and I said, God, if you're up there, please help me. I remember saying that. And um, I fell off to sleep. So I got up the next day and um, I couldn't work. I was barely working at this time because I was not feeling well. So I was unable to work a full eight hours. And so two days after that, I got up, I had something to eat, something to drink, and I was no longer in pain at all. So here, <laughs> so here I am not believing in God and that's the first person I knew to call out to when I was in trouble. The, the amount of pain was excruciating. And so I called out to God, who I knew nothing about. I went to church with my dad growing up somewhat. Religion, that was it. So then, so um, so here I go, start, start on this journey looking for God because he completely healed me. That was it. It was over. No 20, 21, no 22 pills, no 25. I got up, started eating, drinking, Went back to my normal life, just like that in two days. <laughs> so here I go on this journey looking for God. So I'm going to different churches and different things like that. So a few years go by, and I move uh, to another location in Memphis, uh, Tennessee. I get married. And uh, soon after I got married, um, because of my stomach conditions and stomach tumors that I had before, when my organs were fused together, they had to go in and repair all that. So I was told I would never have children. So here it is, 2011, I get married, and I go to the doctor thinking I, my stomach condition was back. I'm thinking it was back. And <laughs> go for an ultrasound, and I'm pregnant not with one baby, with two. Wow. <laughs> pregnant with twins. So I'm like, oh my God, never thought, because the doctors before told me it would never happen. So excited. Uh, still excited about God, trying to read the Bible, going to various churches, looking around, uh, trying to develop this relationship with God, but didn't quite know how. But I at least knew he was up there. You know, I knew he was there. So anyway, so um, 2011, um, started having excruciating pains in my stomach, and I had a miscarriage. My first miscarriage was at the hospital. Then I lost, which was the son, and then I had another miscarriage two weeks from that at home. I lost this baby at home in the bathroom. So 
God healed me the first time. Now I'm angry at him. <laughs> I'm angry now. Because why did you take children? You said I would never have them. Now I have them, but you took them. So here goes. <laughs> here goes where you healed me from gastroparesis. So why not the children? So I was angry with God for quite some time. So now here I go. Believing in God, back up, don't want to go to church, don't want to read the Bible, no longer seeking God anymore, right? And so um, went through that journey. It took a long time to get over that and to have understanding of what happened with that. So then from there, <laughs> after I had the miscarriage, then I started going to the doctor again for um, I could not talk. If I lay flat in my bed, I would choke. It was like something that was always in my throat. So I began to, I would choke if I lay flat. So I literally had to sleep sitting up. And this, this went on for about four or five months. So um, I ended up seeing some type of specialist. And when I got to the specialist, had the ultrasound, the doctors told me that I had tumors that were so, lar so large and it covered my entire throat to the where they would have to remove my voice box. So this was two days before Christmas. And um, <laughs> so I said, no, I'm not gonna do anything today because I wanted to be with my family for Christmas. I'm from Louisiana, so I was already packed, ready to go for the holidays. So went home, I wouldn't let them do anything that day. And I went home, spent time with my family. I was laughing, singing, talking so loud. Like I was talking extremely loud. And everybody in my family was like, what's going on? Why is she talking so loud? She's screaming. What is going on? Calling everybody's name. Because in my mind, I'm thinking this is the last time I will talk. This is the last time that they will hear my voice. But I couldn't tell them without what I was going through because it was the Christmas holidays. So I went home with the mindset was, this is my last time I will ever speak again. So let's go back to my superstition and things like that. So I was taking sign language classes. I have a love for sign language, and I'm still taking them now. So when I got the uh, diagnosis up, they was going to have to remove my voice box. My brain automatically say, oh, that's why I was taking sign language classes. That's what's going on. I didn't know it. So I'm thinking that was my answer, the sign language classes. So I'm talking loud, screaming all over the house. I mean, this went on for four days. My mom said, you're going to have to stop. What is going on? <laughs> You're going to have, why are you yelling at me when you're talking, you know? And so I just could not bring myself to tell them that I wasn't going to talk again. They would never hear my voice again. So came home, back to Memphis. So I think it really hit me then. On my way home, I was crying. On my way back to Memphis, I was on the train. I cried all the way on the train back because I knew I wasn't going to be able to talk again. So January came and they told me to make an appointment because I stopped the one in December because I said I want to have one more Christmas with my family. So got back to Memphis, and I heard a voice say, so it was uh, right after New Year's. I think it was around January 11th, I think. And I heard the Lord say to me, well, I didn't know it was the Lord then, you know, because I'm still angry from the miscarriages. So I didn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. So um, I was getting ready to call them to set up the appointment to cut the tumors out of my throat and I heard a voice say don't call right now so I just hung up the phone not thinking it was God just thinking it was in my head 
February rolled around again, and I made the phone call in February because at this time I was choking on my food, and if I would even drink water, I was beginning to choke on it. So I knew something had to happen. Still angry with God about the miscarriage. So I had mixed emotions about God at this time. So um, got there, and because it had been since December, so they started prepping me for the tumors. They prepped me, cleaned my neck, had me in scrubs and, you know, the hospital gown. And um, they got all the needles out, got all the machines ready, got everything ready. And the doctor says, stop. She said, before I cut your neck open, she said, I need to make sure my measurements are right. Because they were going to put all the markers on my neck for the surgery. She said, stop. She said, I need to make sure these markers are right because it's been a while. I just want to make sure I'm doing everything right. But in my mind, I'm saying it doesn't matter anyway. I won't be able to talk. It doesn't matter where you cut. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. So the nurse began to um, pump the needle to where the, uh, they're getting ready to numb my neck. So the fluid running out the needle at the same time I'm crying, <laughs> thinking, oh, God, this is it. Then she stops again, and she said, wait, wait. Let me do an ultrasound. I just have to be sure. So when she did that ultrasound, she could not find not one tumor in my neck. <laughs> she couldn't find one tumor in my neck at all. It was completely gone. So here I am again. Here goes this, here goes this relationship again. Um, you healed me before. I lost my children, but you healed the tumors in my neck. So needless to say, they were puzzled. I was puzzled, but excited, confused. Everyone was confused. <laughs> She go get my chart to make sure that it's me. She said, let me just double check because I knew you had these tumors and we were gonna have to do this. Let's double check again. So she did. So when she told me, no, this is you, it's nothing there. She said, it's not a sign of any tumor. She said, I know what I saw. So she stood there, so while she's standing there, I get up, rip everything off my neck, run out of the, of the office saying, hallelujah. I was screaming, thank you, God, thank you, God. And I remember outside, it was just pouring down raining. I was standing out in the rain, <laughs> and it was January, so it was cold. Oh, and no. I was thinking, <laughs> and I was just thinking, I was just saying, hallelujah, thank you. Thank you, God. In the cold, in January, in February, it's February. In February, in the cold, it was raining. I was just saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Tumors, completely gone. Wow. Completely gone. So next, so here I am, <clears throat> confused about God and, and, and trying to understand, confused about God and still anchored with God, but then I think I kind of like God and <laughs> it's complicated. Yes, not sure about my relationship with God and, and confused. So then, so here we go again. So <laughs> I'm on my job one day and this young lady approaches me and she says to me, she said, um, I need to talk to you. I said, about what? She said, I just feel I need to talk to you. So as she, she said, can you pray with me? So here I am looking, pray, pray with you. In my mind, I'm thinking, why in the world would I pray? Who are you? I, and I'm just smiling at her, but all these thoughts are running through my head. You're the last person that you want to pray for you because I'm angry about God. But so we sat down, and as I began to pray, I said, okay. So it was an awkward moment between the two of us. We're kind of looking at each other, and I'm saying, okay, now what am I supposed to say, God? And I'm mad, and she wants prayer for me. 
okay, this is not going to go well. I said, but here we go. So I said, well, 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 let's hold hands so we can pray. She said, okay. And so as we began to pray, um, words came out of my mouth I cannot explain. She began to cry, and she grabbed her, she, you know, pulled back from my hands and said, how did you know that? Everything that you're telling me, how did, how did you know that I was dealing with cancer? You know, and she said, that's why I came to you for prayer. She said, I had cancer as a child. Um, she said, I went to the doctor recently, and they're telling me that I may have cancer for a third time. She said, my mother is in cancer recovery now. My dad is in hospice. He won't make it. And she said, my whole family has had cancer. She said, I don't know why I came to you. I just felt that I had to. And so I'm staring at her, and she began to cry, and I began to cry at this time. And so she said, I actually... She said, they are actually waiting on my results from the doctors now to see what type of cancer it is, what stage we're in, and what treatments we're going to have to have. And so um, the Lord just allowed me to lay my hands again and pray. So this became a routine for us. So for the next few weeks, every time at the same time, we would pray, read scriptures about healing. So this young lady, then she, she came to me one day on my job, and she brought me a flyer for her 30th birthday party. She said, I want you to attend my birthday party. She said, this is my last year on this earth. She said, I will make 30, but I won't, I won't live out my 30s. She said, so I want you to attend my birthday party. And so I said, okay, no problem. So, but a voice in my head said, don't go to that party. Don't, don't stand in agreement with that. So I didn't go. So we were waiting her results and she came back. So that she said at 12 o'clock, I'll be here. She said, if I don't come, you know, you know um, I have cancer. She said, if I do come, you know I'm cancer-free. I said, okay, because she was the intern on my job. So 12 o'clock, 11.45, I go stand at the door that the, that of the entrance of the hospital waiting for her to come. So she did not come at 12. She did not come at 12.05. At 12.15, she showed up. <laughs> with a paper in her hand saying she was cancer-free. And so she's dancing around. So we said, hallelujah, no cancer. She had no cancer at all in her body. So then, hallelujah, so then I began to believe God again. I'm seeing these um, now that I know they're miracle signs and wonders. But she had cancer. And cancer was the one thing at the time, for a lack of a better word, was fear. I would look at St. Jude commercials, I would be upset. My mother had cancer, breast cancer in the past. My father had cancer in his back. He wasn't able to walk for years. So cancer was the one disease that I can truly say I despised. So the time I'm praying for this young lady, walking through with her, still angry with God, but starting to believe again, then um, I get sick. I get sick. I was, I was kickboxing. I get sick, couldn't make it to work bleeding from different parts of my body. I was having dizzy spells where I would pass out. I would end up, I can't tell you how many um, emergency room visits I had from the hospital. So um, this went on for a couple of, this went on from 2015 all the way into 2017. They kept telling me I had chest infections or my, they kept saying my labs look great, but they see my body looking weak and tired. I was bloated, my skin color had changed completely. 
I was in hospitals all of the time. I was breaking out in various rashes, um, bleeding from my ears, nose, different things like that, blood in my mouth, different, different things, and yet they couldn't find anything. So I kept going to my primary care. My primary care, after about a year and a half, so here we are, 2017, he says, listen, we know something's wrong, but we're going to find it. So what he does is he gives me a list of referrals. It was 22 referrals that he gave me. And the first one to come up was a, um, he said, let's look at the female organs, the reproductive system. I believe something is there. And we need to check your mental health as well. Because at this time, he think I'm losing my mind because I'm telling him all these various things are going on and he doesn't see it. So the first appointment came up was my mammogram. So the same day I got there for my mammogram, um, it was eight doctors came in a room after they did an ultrasound and some other testing. I can hear them talking, and they, add, they turned around and looked at me and said, who's here with you today? I said, my husband is. Now, if you've ever been to a center like that, if you're sitting in the back, you have on a robe and you're uncovered at the top, and you have a white robe on so they don't let anybody outside of getting a mammogram come back there. So they exclusively brought my husband through the doctor's quarters and brought him in. So my mind is running out, what's going on? You know, where they have to bring my husband in through the back and there's eight doctors with coats. So I hear them talking amongst themselves. So they turn around and look at me and said, you have cancer and we believe it's stage four breast cancer. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so the one thing, like I said, lack of a better word at that time, and the one thing I despised was cancer. So I didn't hear anything after cancer. I saw their lips moving. I saw my husband kind of fall back, and they had to catch him as he stumbled back. And um, I didn't hear anything. So it was like a movie where you can't hear, like it's muffled. You were just in shock, like I was didn't in, hear a thing. I was in absolute shock that I had cancer and it was right at stage four. So, so I said, well, okay, no problem. God healed me from the gastroparesis. He healed me from the, still don't know what happened with the kids, so still had mixed feelings. <laughs> he healed me from the tumors in my throat. So here we are, I'm like, okay, now, you're going to do it again, right? I don't hear anything. Yeah, that cancer thing you did for the, uh, that one girl, yeah, do it again. Yes. For me. Do it, do it again. So, <laughs> so I'm laying on the table. I'm laying on the table crying, and I'm laid back, and so I don't hear anything. Any instructions that they're giving me, my husband doesn't hear anything. Like you said, we were in total shock at this time. So, um, <laughs> so I started praying. I said, Lord, you're going to heal me right like you did the young lady. All I remember God saying was, I'm on this journey with you. That's all I heard. So I'm saying, okay, good. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be healed. Guess what? What? It didn't go that way. What? <laughs> it didn't go that way. Um, I waited two weeks, prayer, fast, everything. I kept going back for mammograms thinking that it would disappear like the young lady that I prayed for. It did not. So they suggested chemotherapy and radiation. 
it, they call my cancer the mean one. It's the one that grows very fast and it travels through the body. So they said, we're going to have to remove your breast. We're going to have to do full chemo and, and everything. And I'm still in shock. So for the first two weeks, I refused. I refused. And thinking God would do it again. And it did not go that way. I had to do two types of chemotherapy, two different types of chemotherapy. And actually, one of the, uh, the drugs, they call it Red Devil, actually. That's one of the drugs that they called. It's actually so um, toxic that they have to bring it in that day. And then you, you only can use it within the window of bringing it in, right? So I went through that. I went through radiation. So, of course, it was extensive. I was in hospice at least three times. They told me I was going to die at least three times. One was six hours, one was eight hours, one was 12 hours. So now, super angry with God. Super angry with God because this is the one thing that I said I never wanted. And this is the one thing that I got, right? So super angry with God. Super angry. But at the same time, this is where I find my relationship with God. I began, I, I developed a prayer closet at home. I would pray to God. I would um, ask him to heal me, and he would download to me dreams of what my body looked like on the inside. He would even show me words, the words that I spoke earlier that day over my body for healing, where I had cuts and bruises on the inside, because I had seven surgeries. So I had a lot of, lot of things that was going on the inside of my body. So he showed me were the words that I was speaking. So that's why the word is living and it's true. It's the living word because the words that I would speak, he would actually show me that they would go in on the inside of my body and patch up the wounds that I had from the chemo and radiation. So this is where I began to develop my relationship with God. I believe in God again. <laughs> I get saved. Um, I actually began to go to church and got grounded and rooted in a church, Divine Life Church. <laughs> And so then, then I began to see the love of God, the relationship of God. Then he began to show me that it wasn't. So I'm angry with him, but it wasn't him. It was the enemy all along. It was never God. This, this wasn't the will. This wasn't the will for my life. This wasn't what God wanted for me. So I am sold out for the Lord. I love the Lord. I help other women that's going through illnesses. Um, even down to um, healthy eating, um, uh, positive affirmations, what to do to kind of work, help them work through illnesses as well. So I'm a true believer, and I sold out for God. <laughs> so God did not cause any of my illnesses. It was the enemy coming after my life to destroy it. He came to kill, steal, and destroy my life. But God said that he would give us life, and he would give it to us more abundantly. So I just thank you, Lord, for his love and protection. Through it all, I love the Lord. So you're cancer-free, right? I am cancer-free, and I'm on my journey to complete wholeness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If he can do it for her, he can do it for you. If any of you guys are struggling with disease or anything, listen to this testimony and just know that, that God is still healing. He is still healing. Thank you so much, Sister Dion, for being on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. J, for having me. It was a wonderful, thank you for the stretch in this testimony. <laughs> and 
And for anybody that's out there that's struggling and going through any type of illness, believe that God can do it. Have the faith that God can do it, and he will do it. Hallelujah. Before we end the show, um, this is for my listeners. Maybe you don't know this Jesus guy or the Lord or the Holy Spirit, or maybe we just don't have a relationship with God in general. This is part of the show where I offer you that. So if you could give me a quick, brief moment of your time to allow me to say this quick prayer and just repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. And I am on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Okay, you can stop repeating. And I just want to say congratulations. You just accepted the call to Christ. And you are now a member of God's lovely, beautiful family. And your journey with Christ starts right here. So, I just want to say thank you for all my non-believing members who just repeated that short little prayer after me and became believers a few seconds ago. I can now call you a brother slash sister in Christ. Please share this podcast with a friend. And um, now let's continue towards the ending portion of today's episode. And that concludes another episode of Testimony Talk. I love doing these things. In case y'all didn't notice, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Ooh, and share it with a friend that can really be blessed from this thing. And if you have a testimony that you would like to share, just email me at testimonytalk.com. 1211 at gmail.com that's how you can get in touch with me I will also include that in the podcast description and that is pretty much it I'll see y'all the next time we upload I got a lot of stuff planned for this thing so just keep your eye out for any updates And I will catch y'all later.